into the contest. It's Tuesday, the 20th of September. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. I'm joined by my co-host, Shane Lee, and Queen Elizabeth II uh, laid to rest after... What has been a, a big two weeks, Shana? It has been, mate. It's. Um, I watched it last night. It was a lovely ceremony. It's. Um, it just feels like losing a bit, like losing a grandmother. I thought. Um, it's obviously not that mm. close, but uh, she was a, a wonderful leader and brought brought calm to the world. So uh, rest in peace, Queen Elizabeth. Yeah, absolutely. And from my perspective, more of a celebration of an amazingly yeah. wonderful life uh, and richly lived to to ninety six years of age. Yes. So God rest her soul and. Uh, Look, changing pace, of course, uh, so much sport about. A big warning from Mark Ward to Aaron Finch as that uh, T20 World Cup is just around the corner. Daniel Ricciardo, the one big question that he needs answered and a blow-up over AFL tickets. In life, the most important thing is trust. Without it, everything is a lot harder in a quickly changing and turbulent time. Barclay Pierce Capital is a safe pair of hands, an organisation built on people. They understand you've worked hard to build your nest egg and their asset management business is tailored to suit your needs. Their services help grow your wealth in order to provide long-term safety and security for you and your family. BPC, just a phone call away. Interesting comments from Mark War at the Fox launch of, of what it will be a, a massive cricket season. He's basically said that Aaron Finch, who we heard the other week, has announced his retirement, but not until after uh, the T20 World Cup where he's captain and leader. But, you know, Junior says he shouldn't necessarily be a walk-up start because of the poor form with the bat. I can't remember a, um, a massive campaign like this where we're going in where a captain's um, position is really under threat. Uh, I remember in the 99 World Cup that Steve Waugh was told that if we didn't win the World Cup, he was no longer going to play, and we know Steve Waugh always rises to the occasion. But the first T20 match, Australia plays New Zealand at the SCGs, October 22, not far away. Mm. And Mark Waugh's right, there's only about eight matches that he needs to rediscover his form. Um, otherwise, the selectors will have to make a drastic call. Imagine dropping a captain during a, a World Cup campaign. It'd be a big call. Yeah, well, you can see some discussions have gone on beforehand, mm. haven't they? Well, look, if you're going to announce your retirement, don't do it till after this. But they need to rely on him, as you say, getting some runs because, uh, you know, you don't have a lot of time to get it ticking over in that format of cricket. Now, Cam Smith, uh, he doesn't seem to be affected at all with his golf by all the drama and conversation around him defecting to the live tour. He's won in Chicago and as we know so lucrative more than the players championship yeah so he's finished with 13 under just ahead of um, Dustin Johnson uh, mm. when he won the PGA players championship in March last year he took home the biggest PGA prize pool ever that was 5 million Australian well, he's just won his first live in Chicago and he's taken home 6 million Australian <laughs> he's rolling in it Mm, I tell you, when he pops out, uh, there might be a few of his old mates. So, yeah. Cam, any yeah. chance of just <laughs> spotting me? Interest rates are going up. Um, now, Ange Postacoglu, we, we've only really been reporting on great stories from him since he's gone to Celtic in Scotland, but uh, he's had a he's had a loss. And look, uh, the loss was no good for him, but good for a couple of other Aussies in the opposition. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's it's a blip on the radar. I think this is Celtic's first loss. It was a, a way loss, but the first loss in one year. So they went down 2-0 to St Mirren. Um, but they're still, like Ange's team, Celtic, are still on top of the table, clear by two points after after that loss. 
Yeah, absolutely. And of course, uh, there was no Premier League and uh, Women's Super League matches last week because of the passing of the Queen, but they're all back. But they all came back with, uh, as you'd imagine, um, I don't think there's a country in the world that that observes uh, mm. tradition and ceremony quite like the English do in and around their sport. No, and um, and they did celebrate and they stopped for a minute's silence for, for Queen Elizabeth. And um, But as you said, you had no football last week. That's a football-loving nation, the UK, and um, they really hate when they have a week off football, so they would have been back there ready to go. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, they had the minute silence, and they all sang God Save the King and bouquets at, at games. It's, uh, it's done very well. It really is um, by the English, but they're back, and they're back playing at the highest level. Now, Daniel Ricciardo, mm. we talked about Aaron Finch earlier on. If you're a cricketer and you're a batter, you need to score runs. If you race cars you need to drive fast and uh, several people have come out and said that's the question with Daniel Ricciardo where has the pace gone because that was obviously the cornerstone to his success and it doesn't seem to be around much anymore. No and the question they're asking you're only only as good as your last performance and and his last performances have been pretty much below par. Mm. I I just got a funny feeling now it's getting to the really to the pointy end Um, there is a potential position we mentioned it before in afternoon sport where he could be a reserve driver for Mercedes, but I don't think he really wants to take that. I, I think he's going to be left without a seat. I honestly do. And I think um, Dan Ricciardo could be uh, driving these last couple of um, F1s. Mm, but he, he won't need a loan, will he? He won't need to pop no, to Centrelink, I wouldn't think. I think he's going to be okay. <laughs> Old Dan Ricciardo. Stay with us. NRL, AFL and much more next. John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great-tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. Big blow-up from Channel 9 presenter Tony Jones in Melbourne over AFL Grand Final tickets, and I have to agree with him on this when you break down the numbers. So you've got 127,000 fans from the Swans and Geelong combined, and 83,000, like, I mean, they're fairly raw statistics, miss out on an opportunity to go to the Grand Final because there's only 30-odd thousand available uh, because so much has gone to corporate and commercial. So what he's saying is that all these tickets are going to fat cats and people can't get to watch the game. That's it, Timmy. So um, the MCG we know holds around 100,000 people. And as you said, only 34,000 going to the Sydney Swans and Geelong members. And it's pretty tough on them because you're a full paying member. You pay for the whole year. It doesn't guarantee you a seat at the grand final, but there should be more of a chance 127,000, only 30,000 available. It's a pretty low number, right? So, and and they're selling these, um, the other 83,000 to, as you said, these fat cats at about $2,500 a ticket where they get lunch and, you know, drinks package, et cetera, et cetera. So, 
Yeah, they've got to be careful because the AFL membership base is the best in sport. Um, people pay every year, whether they go to the game or not, um, and that drives the game. That's why AFL is so successful. But you don't want to take away the, the cherry and the crown here. Um, yeah, it's a big call from the AFL, I think. Oh, absolutely. Like, these clubs have got huge memberships, and they mm. are what keep the whole club and the whole system point because uh, yep. you know like you get 98,000 or, or more with some of these clubs of membership and whatever that money is for one individual add it all up and it's a lot and particularly when you look at last year with COVID and and last two years really so many fans being starved of the opportunity to do what they do as a tradition to get to a point in a grand final where this is one of the big talking points yeah they need to look at it they really do now good news for the Sydney Swans ahead of the grand final Lance Buddy Franklin signed on for another year great great ploy here from the Swans um, announcing this prior (coughs) to um, the grand final just I thought Buddy, while he wasn't brilliant last week, he contested some really tough balls. Um, he brought really good energy to to the Swans team. Um, at 35, signs on for another year. But if you look at his career, he's played 340 games. Um, he kicked 1,047 goals. He's a six. This will be his sixth time in a grand final. He's a two-time premiership player, so hopefully he'll be a three-time premiership player. Um, and he only needs four four goals to equal um, Jason Dunstall's 78 goals in finals. Um, so imagine if he kicks five and we win it. He's a three-time premiership player, and he's got another year. It'd be awesome for not only for uh, Buddy Franklin and his family, but for the Sydney Swans. Oh, yeah, absolutely, Buddy. Come on, come buddy, on. Buddy, brilliant. <laughs> um, now, Patrick Cripps, we saw him sneak home in the Brownlow, and uh, his story is, you know, as we've read over the last couple of days is a fascinating story a fascinating story of resilience as well because early on he had plenty of people saying oh no you can't do it and some others saying why would you sign that big bloke but look at him now he's a brown low medalist and no one ever will be able to take it away from him yeah i've i saw him interviewed and i've never heard him actually speak before he's a very calm country boy um there's a lot often you get this country type and um, I grew up with quite a few of them that they're pretty laid back and they keep life pretty simple um, he seems to be that sort of uh, personality um, and he said he, he knew he was good enough um, he believed in himself and he wanted to go and play in the AFL not to prove everyone wrong but to prove himself right and I thought that was really well put um, and I, I just think he's a player like that won't be affected by this he'll just be driven to higher higher achievements. Yeah, and it's a great sign. It's a great message for young mm. sports people, and not just sports people, anyone, just to you know keep carving forward. You don't have to listen to every naysayer who, right. say, who says you can't do something. Uh, now, on that subject, Parramatta. Parramatta, mm. they've had plenty of critics, and uh, you know Brad Arthur has his critics, but it's pretty hard to question the job that he's done. Here he is uh, heading to North Queensland with a team full of fuel, and uh, they haven't won the premiership since 1986, and they're one game away from making the grand final. And, look, we've seen this before, haven't we, Shane, where lots of critics have come in and said, oh, you're no good, you're this, you've got all this internal fighting, and then they've come to galvanise themselves because of it, you know, and just charge forward. I think they're a real hope against North Queensland. I think they're a real hope of turning history around. And they've got some good news because it looks like Tom Opacek uh, may well play. Of course, he went down with that hamstring problem. Yeah, well, hopefully he does get a chance because um, the good news is from reports that he said he didn't feel his hamstring pop. 
he said it was just really tight. So generally when your hamstring goes, you do feel the pop and that could mean end of season straight away. It hasn't doesn't appear to be that way, so good luck for him. Be nothing worse than missing out on a prelim final. But I just hope Parramatta continues to play with the freedom they've played with in the last couple of weeks. They seem to be moving the ball well. Um, they're out there to win. Um, it's funny, but finals can really tighten you up a bit. But I just hope they go up there with that freedom, uh, you know, a laissez-faire type approach and, um, and, and not put too much pressure on themselves to, um, to make sure they win this match, just to play with the same freedom they played with in the past. Oh, nothing against North Queensland. Yep. I love North Queenslanders. My wife's a Queenslander, but wouldn't a Parramatta South or a Parramatta Penrith oh. Grand Final just be so wouldn't good? Wouldn't that be it great? Would be yep. fantastic. Now, uh, look, uh, I'm still upset about this refereeing decision in the All Blacks win over the Wallabies last week. Last week, it was absolutely absurd. Uh, in mine and many other views. Uh, referee Nigel Owens, now he's a legend of officiating in rugby union. He's weighed in on it. Why would he? <laughs> nothing, nothing to do with you, Nigel. <laughs> it's just that name, isn't it? You're a Nigel, and yes, he is. Um, I don't know. He's come out and supported the French ref and said it was the right decision, but like... Bullshit. Bullshit. Who, who, makes, who makes Nigel the oracle? <laughs> What's the word? Yeah, oh, I know. It's absolutely a terrible. Anyway. Uh, then every time we talk about it... Next topic. Just, it? <laughs> yeah, next topic. Please, basketball. Um, Lauren Jackson. Um, look, this is a great comeback, isn't it, at the age of 41 for the Opals? Um, but she's come out and uh, she's really transparent, isn't she, in the, in, in the way that she's addressing the media? and addressing her fans it's isn't amazing you see a superstar of the sport and she's um she's been a world beater on bigger way bigger stages than she is on now um yes she has Mm. retired but she said it hasn't been the physical challenges that's um been the hardest it's been more the mental side of things and she said self-doubt has just been keep kept creeping in um in her comeback whether she's still good enough it's amazing she says she's now over that and she's going to play with some freedom but she said yeah there's real struggles early doors and questioning herself whether it was the right decision to make and um it just shows that she is human but it's really really good that she's this open with it yeah i think it's fantastic for the team i hope she sticks Mm. around for a couple of years and gets to the olympic games because uh even at her age she looks fit and one of the greatest of all time of all time. Now, this is pretty ugly, this uh, this American football story, college game. And look for, you know, you look at sport and you, you sort of think, well, a lot of the prejudice and racism has gone. But then you see a game like this where uh, Utah fans are getting slammed by Oregon fans in and around their religion. And uh, it's pretty ugly stuff. Well, we do know in Utah, that is um, the high population of, of religion area are the Mormons. Um, and the Utah Utah's governor has slammed, as you said, the Oregon fans for their bigoted chant against the Mormons. And it's, look, it, it is a bigoted chant. They're saying, fuck the Mormons. But I just think it's a dumb chant. Like, can't they be more, more creative than that? Yeah. Um, it's, it's just, it, that's just got a real nastiness to it. And uh, it's, it's not it's great. It's pretty vulgar as well, isn't it? It really yeah, is. Yeah, uh, so, yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah, um, hate seeing it in any form of sport. Now, mate, change of pace, change of tone a um a guy that's gone on to be pretty successful in business really adrian tucker your old new south wales leg spinner yeah the tuckasaurus um was a leg spinner and a very good mate of mine tuck played for new south wales um before me i played for new south wales for 12 years straight and he played after me but we never played a game together he had the longest break in first class cricket he's well known um in the shield final prior to me 
playing for New South Wales, where he took Alan Border, who was the current Australian captain's wicket twice in a Shield final, bowled really, really well. Um, but for work, sort of took his attentions away from cricket. So he had a 12-year break. Um, so we never got to play a game together, unfortunately, because uh, because of due to his work and being away and not being selected. But he finally got called up uh, after I retired, and Steve Wall was still around, and he went out to field and. Um, he heard his hand um, fielding, and he went off the off the ground. And Steve Orr sent the message: "If you don't fucking get back out of here, mate, you'll be having another twelve years off." <laughs> so he quickly ran out to, to bowl. He says, it's "Not time to tape your hand up now, mate. You've been resting for twelve years." That's it for afternoon sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to our sponsors. Fantastic sponsors, Barclay Pierce Capital. They're only a phone call away. Absolutely. And our wonderful producer, Dan McHugh. We're back to do it all again tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care. Thanks for listening to Afternoon Sport. If you enjoyed the show, why not check out one of our other podcasts, like the Building Resilience Podcast. Noel Allnup, the CEO of Securo, explores the minds of world-class performers in order to deconstruct their life tools and ethos that can help us create growth and optimise business. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts or head to afternoonsport.com. Afternoon sport.